0: Hello friend, welcome back to the Book Truck Chronicles. My name is Brandy and I run a bookshop on wheels in Edmonton, Canada called Daisy Chain Book Company. During this crazy and unprecedented pandemic time of isolation and uncertainty, I am not taking my bookshop on wheels to events and festivals, but rather I am using it to deliver books to eager readers throughout the Edmonton area this podcast focuses on the reading lives and personal stories of people I meet on my journey. Today, I am talking with Alex Pankratz-Brown. Alex is a designer, writer, photographer, musician, and occasional podcaster. She is often assumed to be some type of hippie, which is honestly pretty accurate according to her. We talk about the sometimes tenuous relationship with reading, books that have made an emotional impact, and the freedom to make your story known to a world waiting to hear it. Here's my conversation with Alex. Alex, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'm very excited to be here.
1: This is my first time being a guest on someone's podcast.
0: It is. Now, do you do your own podcast as well? Um, I did.
1: Uh, we, It was kind of a very sad, short uh thing the idea was great the episodes we put out we were really happy with we had all the plans going um but sadly me and my co-host kept getting sick so uh it is on um indefinite hiatus (laughs) oh bummer yes (laughs) bummer
0: (laughs) So now, because I have never spoken to you in person, well, this is kind of in person, I guess as close as we can close get with our social right <laughs> social distancing and all. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we know each other from Facebook, but can you share a little bit with us about what your life is like and what you do?
1: Uh, okay, so that's a little bit of a... There's no easy answer to that either. Um, No. So uh, my official title, I guess, is just uh, designer. I own my own business. Um, I can go much more into detail about that because it's very uh, (laughs) what I do is very vast and designer doesn't quite encompass it. Um, But I'm still kind of trying to figure out how that fits in. Um, In my professional life, I have worked uh, for a number of years as a full time designer. Um, Right now, however, I work part-time in retail, and I have had that job for a year, and I was freelancing as well. Um, I was freelancing full-time, then part-time, and now uh, in the past couple months, uh, part-time to very, like, pretty much not at all. Uh, I design everything: um, logos, business cards, websites, website coding, so like development. Um, I do content creation, copywriting, marketing, social media.
0: So you are a designer. You're a content creator. You're a you know photographer for fun. Yeah, you're an occasional podcaster, but on hiatus. So you're kind of like a creative marvel.
1: Uh oh, well thank you. I mean wow. I I would like to think so. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. I do love all of what I do. I think it's all really fun, obviously. Um I feel very lucky, very privileged. Um, but it has been really weird because I've been in the professional world um since I was seventeen. So that that's ten years and I don't really feel like I know what I'm doing anymore today than I did
0: ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, welcome to the world of, of adulting in the creative space. It is true; you're figuring it out all the time, mm-hmm. and it keeps changing. Yes. So just when you think you got a handle on it yesterday, oh whoops, they've changed things. Algorithms are changed. Yeah. Content, you know, requirements are changing. So yeah, you're always having to probably keep on top of how things are going.
1: Yeah. And you probably have a very similar experience, especially with what we're unfortunately going through right now in Alberta, Canada, and, you know, the world.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, This is a bizarre time, isn't it?
1: It is very bizarre. It's, uh, I have very conflicted feelings about it. I think where we are and where I personally am, I'm not really worried. I'm not anxious. I want people to be safe and look after each other. Um, I'm not worried for myself really at all. Uh, I I am concerned about some of our neighbors to the south and um, the European countries, but I do hope that we'll all pull together and get a handle on this.
0: Yeah, I agree. I was talking to my husband today and how it feels very surreal Mm -hmm. To try and, you know, just do normal life. But normal life is changing a little bit all the time right now. So we're always trying to update what we thought we knew we could do or get comfortable with. It's, yeah, it's a very different kind of existence right now. And it's hard to prepare. But I'm like you. I don't feel very afraid for myself either. We're kind of stuck at home doing our home stuff right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's just a weird thing to realize. We're in the middle of something right now that... Our kids and their kids are going to write about in history. This yes. is going to be something that they talk about.
1: I feel very strange about it. I feel honestly like I'm sort of viewing myself at a distance sometimes. Like, how is the 27 year old going to react to this new development? <laughs> but I feel like if I was to write a book about my life right now, nobody would buy it because they wouldn't believe it was true. <laughs>
0: yes yeah it's so true if you were to write a book about your life what would you think you'd call it oh I I know exactly what I would call it
1: (laughs) there's a big story behind it but um and I have not written this just to be clear this isn't this is like a big maybe far away idea dream of mine but the working title for my book that does not exist is (laughs) is seriously psychotic
0: oh okay yeah. <laughs> so do you want to do you want to elaborate on that because that's quite a cryptic title
1: yes so it would not it would be a nonfiction book um it it would be sort of like a an autobiography um the, <laughs> this is a very very heavy topic i don't know i don't need to talk about it if you're comfortable hearing about it i'm i'm fine i'm open about it um in in 2017, I actually uh, suffered a mental breakdown. Um, and so I went through um, a very long period of time uh, just trying to basically get the help I needed to get back to um, the level of functioning that I'm used to having, that I always have had, um, working full time, being fulfilled, having plans, like all of these things. Um, but Due to a whole bunch of circumstances that were out of my control, um, the recovery has been very long, very challenging, um, but frankly also very rewarding. Um, I've never known anybody to go through a situation that I have so young and in the position I was in, so I struggled a lot finding like advice and creative outlets i of course leaned on professionals and my friends and my family as much as possible um but it was a new situation and so i i feel that there's definitely sort of a before and an after of my life um that was kind of it was split in 2017 um but it's 2020 now and i feel in many ways that um what i went through uh Helped me grow as a person more than anything else would have, and while I would never, w- I would never wish to go through what I did, um, I would never wish that on anyone. To be honest, I am happy that I'm still here. The worst is over. Um, there are much bigger things going on. I have a really good support system. Um, so yeah, I've thought a lot about <laughs> about um, <laughs> writing a book about it because it is. Different. It's something in literature I've never seen. Um, it's a lived experience that only I can talk about. Of course, um, other people would have their own lived experiences of of mental illness and disability that I have never had, and I love reading those kind of stories. So it's really it's something I've thought about a lot and haven't put any action towards. But it's sort of just like in
0: the back of my mind, like maybe one day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you're right. I think that sometimes the things that we go through in our lives, uh, especially when you've come out with such a positive perspective on it, as you obviously do, that maybe there is something that you have to tell and teach and share with others. Just, I mean, you're very honest about it now. I think that if there is a story that is kind of brewing in you. Who knows? Maybe that is something that will come out and will motivate and help other people to kind of get over the hurdle that they think they're alone in.
1: Mm-hmm. That that is. If I was to write a book, that would be my goal. Um, I have written a couple blogs here and there. Um, I have one hanging around that's just like sitting on private. Um, I do like it sometimes. It's really enjoyable. I love to write. I write for myself all the time, um, but it's just. Uh, I just haven't really figured out the best and not necessarily the best, but I guess the, the medium I'm most interested in right now, because as we've established, I kind of dabble in a lot of things that I, (laughs) it's probably fairly evident. I, uh, don't like making really strong decisions. I like to try a bunch of different things and see
0: what works. So I'm just trying it out, seeing what works. (laughs) You know, I think Alex, life is a buffet. I think you, you sample this, you sample that, you try things. You know what? It's, it's, it's beautiful to experience something new and say, I wonder about that and I wonder about that because you never know. Yeah. Your your marvelous talents and your creative, you know, experiences could lead you to something that is completely unexpected. And that's the beautiful thing about it. So maybe you just haven't found your medium yet. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? But it, But whenever you do write it, I would like to read it because I think that sounds very inspiring.
1: Oh, thank you. I would like to hear more about your business. I've listened to um, a few of your podcast episodes, but not all of them. So I think there's probably some of the story that I don't know because I can only keep up with so many um, <laughs> social media <laughs> accounts <laughs> as much as I want to follow everyone.
0: <laughs> it's true. Everybody has a story, but quite often the stories are not short stories, right? Yeah. They're usually a long story exactly. that de- demands more time. <laughs> Is there anything that you'd like to know?
1: Um I like I know that you worked in a bookstore. Um, I know that Daisy um, has been running for a couple of years now. And from what I personally have seen, it seems like you have really carved yourself out like a lovely niche there. Um, So I guess like what inspired you? Um, What supports do you have? Are you like a natural born entrepreneur? Has this been really challenging? Like anything you want to
0: talk about? (laughs) Okay, sure. It started a long time ago where I had this idea of taking books to people on wheels and I didn't see it anywhere. So I just sort of tucked it in the back of my mind and I used to sketch what it would look like. And I had this little drawing of me in a truck and handing books to people and there's like hearts everywhere and it was all happy. And I just thought it was just such a bubbly fun idea. And you know, you grow up and you put these childish ideas away because those are foolish notions of a dreamer
1: grown ups need to make money you know
0: this is true the rent is coming grown have bills to pay i loved hearing that growing up oh i know adulting is hard yeah, it is and, and then my husband and i we we got married and uh, i became a social worker and i did that for a long time and then uh, we decided that we wanted to foster kids and so We did. We fostered kids for a while. And there was um, one foster child that we were planning to adopt. And it was going well. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't. And it was heartbreaking for our family. So that was pretty devastating. And I just wanted to be someplace where I could feel happy and content and just sort of heal a little bit. So I literally just got a job in a local bookstore. And I just wanted to walk around books and people who like books and just kind of heal and and be Be quiet yeah I need to rest (laughs) yeah and I stopped social working because I knew that was just too close to where the hurt was Mm -hmm. so and every time I was in this bookstore the idea of the bookshop on wheels kept coming to me I was like no that's still silly like it's not a real thing I'm too grown up now I'm too smart right I can't do that and then it just wouldn't leave me alone and every time something would happen I'd be like oh yeah but in my store I would do this Oh no! If it was me, I would do that instead. And I would just—I had this whole idea in my head. And my grandpa, who is 102 now, wow, he, uh, yeah, he's that's, he's a he's amazing. That's fantastic. <laughs> he was he was living nearby here, and I needed to take go visit him every now and then, and kind of take care and help him out. And that was demanding more time and energy. I needed more flexibility, so I left the bookshop job, and was helping him out. And then it just kept coming, this bookshop on wheels. And I thought, I'm going to do something with it. And he said to me, he said, don't live your life with any regrets. He says, if you want to do it, just do it. So I said, all right, I'm just going to do it. And so I started collecting books and told my husband who has his doctorate in business. And I thought, if anybody is going to tell me why this is a dumb idea, he will. And he said, I think that has legs. So we just ran with it. That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's been really, really amazing. And he's been an incredible support because he's both my cheerleader, my behind the scenes wizard. And he's just such a great partner for running ideas by me and keeping me on track sometimes. Yeah. So he's the practical guy and I'm the vision. So I, I understand that. My <laughs> husband and I kind of
1: switch roles, depending on what it is, but um, he's very good at sort of balancing out whatever side I currently am on. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yes, I appreciate it a lot.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And, and so yeah, now it's, it's out in the world. And this year, of course, is very different. Because even though I had all these amazing places to go and great plans, and Daisy got a facelift, and I've got amazing new books on the shelves, I can't take her anywhere. <laughs> which yeah. is, oh, so kind of derailing all of your plans oh, like, it's so be my year. yeah and there's so much anticipation i got all sorts of messages and requests saying oh we can't wait that you're to hear you're coming and we've been oh. waiting for so long to see you on that oh. so but you know what this is this is the reality of it right like when you do your own thing you have to be adaptable
1: mm-hmm. you have
0: to sort of realize that, okay, whatever your idea is, it can't just be for one season, for one person, for one moment. It has to be bigger than that. Otherwise, it's just a hobby yeah and so I'm always trying to find ways to be flexible and change it up and you know
1: (laughs) judging from at least our interactions on social media I've always been impressed I'm like oh I wonder how they're going to react and then I go onto your page (laughs) and I'm like oh perfect fantastic (laughs) thanks like I don't necessarily think perfection is something that people should aim towards but like like you're you're pretty darn awesome
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you yeah far from perfect but yeah it's 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 fun to be out there a little bit and to show that you don't have to be a runway model or a super successful anything just to have gumption and go for it
1: yeah yeah exactly i agree that's a a hard lesson to learn but
0: (laughs) i'm working on it (laughs) it is and being creative like you do so many things that i admire because i struggle with all the little things oh really yeah because you do like logos and websites you do the graphic piece right yeah the content that is stuff that for me every day i'm trying to figure out how can i make it look like i know what i'm doing (laughs)
1: that's (laughs) that's literally why i became a designer
0: It's like, I need to learn this so I can, so I can like look like I, I'm competent. (laughs) Oh man. I admire that so much because your digital presence is huge. It's just huge. No, anybody's. Anybody's. I was
1: like, I don't really think so. I was like, I'm pretty sure yours is significantly bigger.
0: (laughs) Oh no. To have somebody like you who knows what you're doing.
1: Yeah. True. Is so comforting. It is a skill set for sure. I think like sometimes people don't necessarily realize how much work goes into um, sort of content creation, like like what I do. Um, it's and it's hard to explain. That that's part of the problem. I try to sort of um, for for people who don't like know me personally and that kind of thing, and we just meet somewhere and they want to know what's it like to be a designer? And I try to sort of like give them the cliffs notes. It's very difficult to tell, to explain them what goes into design. It's a lot easier to sort of like list the actual like deliverables. Like these are the lists of things that I can do for you. And then they're like, oh, I didn't realize a designer could do all of that. And I'm like, well, a designer can't. So you kind of have to like ask what, that specific designer or agency can do and mm-hmm. you likely won't be able to find one place that can do everything so like just be aware like i can't do for example animation like i can i can design your logo but i won't be able to animate it cuz i <laughs> i don't know how that works i don't have the software it's not like maybe if you want to pay me a lot of money i could try and figure it out but there are people <laughs> who like are better that's like that's their whole job so it's difficult in such an overlapping field to to sort of explain to people these are the things I can help with and these are the things
0: I can't so that's well yeah and it's because what you're explaining is it's a really collaborative effort right yeah yeah. there's there's a lot of creative um, people who are inspired to do a piece of it but all combined it makes one great presentation
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, that's where it's really nice to have clients that do want to collaborate. Um, it's It's hard to find clients sometimes because uh, a lot of people and the world in general really likes to rush. Um, planning is hard. Life is busy. Um, scheduling, balance, like all of that is is challenging, really challenging, especially with... Um, social media to be honest. The internet connectivity basically how I make my living is is really enhanced by social media, but it's it's difficult to draw those boundaries of like what are my work hours going to be? How do I keep my hobbies still fun because some mm-hmm. of them I do for money as well? So like yeah. what's the balance between these? I'm still not really sure. <laughs> I was raised by two entrepreneurs. So um, ah. I, I have been very fortunate to be raised by a very typical extrovert father and a very typical introvert mother. And so I sort of got um, a lot of my skills and knowledge by watching them and learning from them and seeing what worked in their business and what didn't work. And so um, they started their business when I was, hmm, let me think. I think I was... a. Uh, seven years old it's one of my first memories is my parents starting their business and my brother and i used to sit uh at the dining room table and stamp invoices for the company uh which (laughs) at that time was uh my dad officially my mom the unofficial bookkeeper she made no money um she was a stay-at-home mom at that point Um, And then uh, my brother and I as, um, I guess, admin assistants.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes, that's a good title.
1: (laughs) So my brother was three and a half years younger than me. So for his memory, the business has probably always existed. But most of my growing up years were around entrepreneurs and how two people can build a business up from the absolute ground level. And so I know a lot of what goes into it behind the scenes. I don't go into business ownership um, lightly. I, I, (laughs) I went into quite young looking at when I created my business. However, I didn't focus on it heavily. I needed to sort of figure out what What was smart, what worked, what didn't work. Um, And so I basically did um, freelancing and part time work um, for a number of years trying to figure out where I fit into the industry and trying to figure out if I was more of an entrepreneur, if I was more of a hire me, tell me what to do, or if I was something in the middle. And honestly, I don't really think there's an answer to that. (laughs) But (laughs) for now, I'm kind of somewhere in the
0: middle. That, that sounds absolutely right. Because I think being an entrepreneur, you juggle so many different levels of expectation, right? Mm-hmm. The ones you have for yourself, often the ones you grew up with, your ideals, the reality of the situation. And then like even currently as, as the world is changing now, mm-hmm. our expectations of being an entrepreneur is still changing. What does that look like? Because so much of what we do has been handicapped or changed. So I think that you're right. that Maybe it's not just one thing. Mm -hmm. that you can do you can do more than one thing and that's okay
1: yeah I it's been a difficult lesson to learn but I'm I'm trying to learn it and and both my parents are super pleased that they're like finally like you're not like boxing yourself in like you can do all these things go yeah and I like that's very nice for me to hear but there's still that like Uh, and my husband of course he's he's a fantastic supporter um he's always been cheering me on but it's just one of those things where I'm like I just want to know like I want to have a plan I want to have a direction and I I don't which is uncomfortable for me however you know it's change is a part of life discomfort is not a bad thing so I just kind of keep soldiering on
0: (laughs) well even if you don't have a, a solid plan now, you can still be working towards it. And that's kind of like a plan in progress. Yeah. So either, either way, it's okay. Even if you're not where you want to be yet and you don't feel as if you're solid or stable in what you want to do, that's okay. Because sometimes that's how you figure things out. And that's how you make steps to do the things you want to do the best because you're working things out in the background. That's Very okay. True.
1: That's you okay. you know you're, you say, uh, a lot of your responses i totally see your social work uh education coming through there
0: once <laughs> a social worker always a social worker yeah.
1: <laughs> i have a lot of uh health and uh like people in my friends and family and it's talking to you is very similar in many ways to talking to
0: some of them <laughs> in a good way a very good okay way. But you know you know if i use the term so what i hear you saying is then you know i'll definitely be pulling out all of my social work role-playing I've been <laughs> oh my gosh i work so hard to never say that it's like a use car salesman standard that one so what i hear you saying is oh, 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 oh.
1: so so let's use feeling language i feel <laughs> i i love psychology if that's not clear
0: It is pretty fascinating. I'm fascinated by psychology. It's just... One thing that I love about the psychological study of humans is the way people tell their stories. Mm -hmm. And the reasons they tell their stories and who they direct their stories to. I am so fascinated Mm -hmm. by how people see their own experience and how they relate that to others. Because I think that quite often we just keep things to ourselves. And yeah. it really does a hindrance to the world if you just always keep yourself boxed up and don't ever share. Yes. Right? <laughs> I learned that the hard way. <laughs> sure. Yeah, totally. And I think that sometimes we compare ourselves to others and say, oh, my story isn't as good or as deep or as rich or whatever is theirs. So I'm just going to keep it. It doesn't matter. Right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a poem that's on my wall that I got from a teacher when I was in grade six. So Seven, i think and it's called desiderata and there's a line in the poem that says do not compare yourself to others or you'll become vain and bitter for always there will be others greater and lesser than yourself mm. so what i liked about that was saying that no matter what you think you're good or bad at somebody is better or worse at it already mm-hmm. so the, the field is already flattened for you Just don't like worry about nice it.
1: perspective
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So it makes it okay to put yourself out there and share your story. Be honest about your wounds, your scars, your heartbreak, your your raw self, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that that is such a beautiful thing. And one of the things I love about this podcast is giving people a platform where they can tell their story.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's a huge part of why my friend and I were interested in podcasting um, in the first place is because I I absolutely love... Um, having good conversations with people getting to know people and so does she she's she has many more natural talents in that area than I do Um, she's an extrovert she's naturally very friendly she's one of those people that you meet and you just like her right away and so I'm I'm very different I've gone through a really long process to be more socially open rather than Mm -hmm. focusing on my personal anxieties which were not anxiety is a real thing it's very valid however a Mm -hmm. lot of the things that I personally was worried about were things that were not based in fact so I do a lot of fact checking a lot of journaling a lot of meditation to try and zone in on hey what what's going on is this something that I just need to like push through like what are the facts has anybody that I ever met instantly said you know, these two two words that you've said to me, I hated them and I hate you instantly. Get out of my face. No, hmm. that's never happened. So nope. like maybe I should just like chill out a little bit.
0: <laughs> but it's real for you in the moment, right?
1: Yes, yes. So it's been a yeah. long process to try and get, to just try and improve because I love people. I just struggle sometimes with my own energy and my own, getting out of
0: my head. In a world that is very social media focused, everybody's trying to put their best self out there. But you know what, I think the best self is, it's under scrutiny. Like, it's not even what is your best. It's just what you think people will think is your best. Yes. (laughs) And and I find that so ironic, because I remember doing a video once, and I noticed in the video, I had a, a pimple on my forehead. And I in the video, I pointed to it. And I'm like, oh, gosh, look at that. I can totally see it. And I said in the video, oh, my gosh, if I'm seeing it, you're probably seeing it too. Well, there you go. And my daughter said, you can't show that video. Oh. <laughs> I said, Why not? She goes, you not only have us it, but you called it out. You can't show that video. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, everybody gets them. It's okay.
1: Oh, don't do it. <laughs> yeah.
0: But she was very concerned that that wouldn't be my best you know being presented and I find that I'm always trying to battle the idea of is this my junior high self or is this my grown-up I don't care what you think self because my junior high self would never show anything frankly unless it was just right and then even then I still wouldn't show it because I'm terrified and now honestly I think the beautiful part about getting older is I just don't care I really don't care get
1: to that point I'm like maybe age will be better for me (laughs)
0: It's a beautiful thing. It'll come. It'll come.
1: I don't want to rush through everything because people people like to tell young people, like, oh, this is the best time of your life. And they just keep telling you that, like, over and over, which sends kind of a weird idea. Like, if you're not having a good time right now and you're like, this is supposed to be the best best time like <laughs> i hope it isn't like <laughs> i i just have to keep hoping that um those people are speaking from their own personal experience and perhaps i can achieve better
0: things well then i guess a social worker in me again would say well when you say you're the best time of your life how would you define best
1: i i do not define best by like outward success, Um, that's never been a goal of mine. Like to use a design term, where I'm like in flow, where I am fully engaged with whatever I'm doing at the moment, uh, and I'm just like focused, just working. I lose track of time. I have to I have to set myself alarms to um, remind myself to eat some days because <laughs> uh, I'm just so focused. And so um, I would say that for me, whether that's like a professional thing in, in terms of like flow or if it's uh, just in my personal life, my everyday life, and sort of taking a mental picture, like I remember at this moment I was content. That mm-hmm. that for me is like, bam, that's the best. That's what I'm yeah. aiming for all the time. That's awesome. That Thank is you. Awesome.
0: <laughs> I I love it. It's because a, that's, that's it's a, a very, very lofty goal. <laughs> well, it is, but then it can be changing. And what was your best could have been like, that's in your rear view mirror, but there could be a future best waiting that you don't even know about yet. So yeah. the beautiful thing about it is that it, it's always changing and mm-hmm. it doesn't, you don't, you don't only get one best in yes. your life. That's it. It's a buffet, Alex. It's a buffet. <laughs>
1: you, know, you also, my mom, uh, she went to school for social work. Uh, she did not complete it and she ended up changing, uh, changing career paths entirely. Uh, However, sometimes her first year of social work, I can tell when she sort of switches into it. And some of the things (laughs) that you say are very much like, aha, that must be where my mom got that from. (laughs) Great minds
0: think alike. (laughs) See, there we go. Yeah, us social workers, man, we got a way. We just have a (laughs) way. You do, you do. (laughs) So then let me segue from the psychology, entrepreneur, social work yeah. stuff. And let's talk about your reading life.
1: Yeah, I do love reading.
0: <laughs> you do. So what are you reading right now? Um, I,
1: I made myself a little list because that's the way I am. I, Great. I love lists. Um, the books that I'm currently reading, um, the one I've been reading the longest, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Um, who I absolutely love. Um, I've read a few of her books, and this is just sort of like the next one that I had. So so I'm reading it and enjoying it just as much Good. as yeah. I always love her work. I'm also reading a... Uh, this is actually sort of like an assignment uh, for like my, my personal mental health. It's called Mind Over Mood. And so I slowly read and work through that um, on a fairly regular basis just to sort of do... It's like a prompt for me to do mental health check-ins and see how mm-hmm. I'm doing. Um, I really like it, honestly. I I strive to not sort of confess books that I'm reading for personal growth because everybody needs to read books like that sometimes. And I think there mm-hmm. should be a lot less shame around that type of reading because it's helpful and I totally I mean, agree.
0: And I love the term personal growth instead mm-hmm. of a self help, because that gets such a bad rap. Exactly. Personal <laughs> growth is a be- I think you've just now you've now create a whole new name for the genre that i will use the term. <laughs> personal growth oh thank I, you Alex, i love it if i could like take
1: the credit for coining that i totally will <laughs> <laughs> um then i i had been reading just those two for a while i honestly got a little bit overloaded i felt like i needed something more fun um so i pulled out uh the film wizardry of fantastic beasts um which is from the harry potter series uh, the harry potter world of which i am a major major nerdy fan of
0: you are <laughs> yes <laughs> i i even
1: like i'm like to the point of uh, having a themed tattoo so
0: well that's that's pretty serious oh yeah <laughs> so what what kind of harry potter tattoo would
1: you get um i actually already have one it's in progress um but what I have so far is themed after um, Fox the Phoenix. Uh, he's sort of the main focal point of it. It's on my left foot because I think phoenixes are beautiful. And the lore behind them, I think, is wonderful. I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a
0: huge
1: like fantasy fan like specifically.
0: However, I really liked the Harry Potter books. You know, now, Fox the Phoenix, that's Dumbledore's bird, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, good. I was thinking, oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I want yeah. to just give myself a little test. Okay, good. You passed! <laughs>
1: Yay! I really love them. I still reread them. Um, I grew up watching the movies. Uh, I actually snuck behind my parents' back to do so to read the books and watch the movies. So Did you really? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> um, I eventually came clean when it was like, <laughs> when I was far too old for that to matter at all uh it's honestly pretty much the only thing i've ever lied about i love
0: it i love it
1: very dedicated to my book reading (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't necessarily i don't like to yell about how much i really like harry potter because it is very hyped and it is problematic in some ways but i really liked it and it inspired a lot of my later reading and Um, For the most part, I think they've contributed positively to the world, which is important to me personally.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's a really good statement. I like that. How has your reading life changed in the last few years?
1: I used to uh, have a really easy way to read. And that was, frankly, um, by not socializing. And so if I was given a choice between reading and socializing, I would pick reading. As I got a little bit older, like into high school, I was like, hmm... This is problematic. <laughs> so I started trying to be more social, actively trying. Um, after high school, I ended up going through school um, and then I entered the workforce. And so it was just sort of like a whirlwind of activities and changes. And so while I was going to school and um, before I had a vehicle to drive, I would just read on the bus to and from school. I tried doing homework a couple times, and I was like, this is terrible. I'm just going to read instead.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. yep perfect so
1: thank you (laughs) so I uh I just read that was like my if I need to shut my brain off for a little bit and just like escape the horrors of post-secondary while working and trying to have relationships and not live in a pigsty etc etc it was just very nice to relax and have that quiet time when I got a vehicle things changed and so I began to have to actually schedule reading time in, which I hated. It made it feel like an obligation. I was really disheartened. Uh, I love reading, and I was upset that I couldn't seem to figure out when to do it, and it was just annoying me. And so I tried a lot of different things to be like, maybe I need to switch genres. Maybe I need to try a short book. Maybe I need to try a long book. Maybe and. I tried podcasts. I tried audiobooks. I tried like <sighs> talk radio. <laughs> I just was like, oh, what is wrong with me? Like I can't seem to like focus long enough to like actually take in this information. This is bothering me. And so I gave up. I just like, and my like stack of books just kept getting higher and dustier. And I was like, no. Nope. <laughs> i'm not doing it yeah. i'm not i'm not gonna read again until i want to read um and so i didn't uh and it was weird i felt kind of unhinged um but frankly i spent a lot more time with my friends and family they were all like oh it's so nice to see you and i was like "Is no. it so?" No? <laughs> like i would really rather be at home reading ah
0: <laughs> oh, the secret reality of so many readers yep yep
1: <laughs> So that was a weird period of time for me. I felt very just, just not myself. Um, I wasn't going to force myself into doing it. So I didn't. And then uh, time passed and um, I slowly started reading again. I set myself a reading goal last year that I did not meet at all. Um, My reading goal last year was half of my reading goal the year before. Um, The year before, my reading goal, in my opinion, was uh, depressingly low, uh, very substandard. (laughs) So (laughs) I just felt like I was consistently disappointing myself. And I was like, what on earth? When did this become a race? I'm not right. I don't understand what my issue is. And so I just like sat with that and I was annoyed <laughs> for a long time yeah. and my books just kept piling. And I was like, well, I will read them eventually, I think. So it's not like I was like spending money willy nilly, like thousands of dollars on books that I wasn't going to read. It was more like people knew that I I liked books. So I kept getting gift cards for holidays and that kind of thing. So I'd mm-hmm. spend that. I'd be excited. And then, I would get home, I'd be like, Ew, I don't, <laughs> I'd really just rather watch TV or like play a video game or like play with my cats, like literally anything other than read a book. Um, <laughs> so it kept sitting until uh, last year. And then I slowly started reading for fun again. And it was very slow, very arduous at times, but I tried to just give myself a break. And be like reading is supposed to be fun if you read two pages and you're like this sucks put it down and go do something that's actually fun like it just it doesn't need to be this big did i read today and so it's not a
0: test (laughs) yes you know what you're explaining is so common actually people who read for um effort because they have to. So there's like the have to reading and then there's the want to reading. And when you don't get enough of the want to or you read the wrong books, it just ruins all of your inspiration and your motivation to continue. And it, it's just discouraging. Yes. So trying to find a way out of a reading slump is really, really common. That actually makes
1: me feel better because I didn't realize that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's so, it so is because I think there's this pressure of all the books that you look at that you haven't read yet as if they're staring you down saying you know what you promised we're here waiting for you what the heck and you know what they're actually not yeah
1: Uh, Yeah, you you had mentioned that in at least one podcast episode that I listened to, I think, which I Mm -hmm. was like,
0: ah, good, somebody else with my philosophy. (laughs) No, the beautiful thing about any story is it transports you, it inspires you, it entertains you, it helps you challenge the way you see the world, but it's not supposed to be uh, a contest, of yeah. like you better get through this fast because you gotta beat the last, you know, speed of the book you read, or you know, somebody said you have to read this by so and so. And yeah, you know what? That kind of pressure reading is really, really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to say, do I like what I'm reading? Do I have time to read? Do I feel like reading? If not, that's okay. Put it aside. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter.
1: My my mom has been so good at giving me that exact advice. And actually um, my husband's mom she's she's an avid reader uh much more so than I am at this point she's recommended to me a number of really good books um and she has told me over and over for the past several years like Alex relax you don't have to make this like a contest with yourself you're supposed to be reading for fun like Mm -hmm. that's literally the only reason why you're reading there's Mm -hmm. there's no like there's no task list here like just, if you don't like a book, put it aside and move on. And I was like, oh, like, I don't like doing that. So I think it just took me a while to accept that just because I've put it aside for now doesn't mean I'm never going to try it again. And like, like, it's like something just clicked in my brain. And now I understand how some people can be a lot more chill than me. (laughs) I just, it's like my brain just didn't comprehend i was like what how can people just put aside a
0: book like it's not finished i get you it know, now. And, yeah because there should be freedom in it there yes. should be the freedom and the permission to say this isn't working for you find something else because mm-hmm. because if life is a buffet reading is also a buffet Yes. right there's so many things to choose from you don't only have to read one genre or one author and stick to one season type of reading you can do whatever you like you can change it up anytime you want you can go back to what you did before you can start something new you can finish not finish whatever yeah <laughs> it will look entirely different for you in different seasons of your life and that is totally great
1: oh you're such a validating person to talk to because i'm glad like oh i didn't realize this was what i was concerned about but you voiced it and validated thank you well you're very
0: welcome you're welcome i'll send you my pill
1: i'm expecting it to be quite high at this
0: point i don't know if you can afford me alex because and what I hear you saying is um, <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. But I think the beautiful thing about the the reading life is you get to decide what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So if it ever was pressure for you and you're feeling like, well, you don't know exactly what it's supposed to look like, tomorrow you can decide brand new. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the beautiful thing is people are giving you books to read and people make suggestions and stuff, which is really nice. Yeah, but sometimes I appreciate you're it. Yeah, but sometimes you're not in the right place to read that particular book, or you're not in the mood or whatever. So it's totally up to you, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you can do whatever you want. Read whatever you like, no judgment, no contest, no timelines, whatever.
1: Well, thank you for giving me permission.
0: (laughs) Oh, you are welcome. Mm -hmm. The book is not offended. It is not going to cry if you put it aside that book will just wait for you we do actually have emotional attachments to books books are very very personal so sometimes it is the experience of where you read it who gave it to you what it reminds you of who you were at the time when you read it so many things that happened in that story that you just relate to in such a deep way books have a way of touching a part of us that nothing else does the same Mm-hmm. So it is completely great to have an emotional attachment or a connection to it. People don't just get rid of books flippantly like they do other things. Very true. You can, you can get rid of magazines. You don't care. Mm-hmm. But to give get rid of a book, like who would throw a book in the garbage? It's so hard to do because <laughs> you yeah. had a personal experience with that book. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I honestly don't understand. I don't understand how anybody can be a minimalist. Um, I, I under <laughs> I respect that. I think it's wonderful, good for you. I'm happy you figured out the life philosophy and organization that works for you. Um, but I am not that way. I can never I can never just toss a book. I have to do like the Marie Kondo method of like picking it up and thanking it, thanking it for its service <laughs> and like loving it and saying you can go like be of service in another house because <laughs> <Yep. laughs> the book I care about the book
0: <laughs> totally now what was what was a book that you have read that did have an emotional connection for you
1: so many but the first one anytime somebody asked me that question the first one that pops up is Tuesdays with Maury. Um, ah yes. Which is such a like, oh, it's such a trope. Like it feels like a it feels like a cliche answer at this point, but I have to be honest, that's it. That book for me was just like, whoa. Like, <laughs> I know I've read these concepts before, but this for whatever reason just really stuck with me so I reread it on a regular basis just cuz it's so powerful in its simplicity
0: it is a beautiful book and i think that it's not cliché in necessarily cuz what that mm-hmm. means is it it's just a common experience you have with so many other readers and Fair. that that just is a really good compliment for that book. Like what an incredible, what an incredible thing for that author, Mitch Album, to yes, say yes. You know what, you have touched so many people at an emotional level. And if people haven't read this book, Tuesdays with Maury is one not to miss. Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: I would seriously recommend it to almost anybody. Like it's one of those books that um there's a lot of books I like that I sort of try and Gauge the person's personality before recommending, but that book I would recommend it to almost anyone I know, like right off the bat.
0: (laughs) Let me ask this question. What was the last great book you read?
1: The Sun and Her Flowers. Uh Rupee, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Rupee Cower.
0: Oh yes, okay.
1: It's just this beautiful sort of free form poetry. Again, it it was like Tuesdays with Maury in that it was so so simple, um, but so powerful. And I I reread it again on like a fairly regular basis just just to remind myself of beauty of life I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: She's okay. a beautiful beautiful poet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very inspirational, and I'm so happy to see uh um some some poetry get wildly popular since you know like Shel Silverstein <laughs> like incredible (laughs) poets but like come on there are other poets out there
0: (laughs) it's true he's one of my favorites too i would never badmouth him i remember when i was younger like i'd read the giving tree oh yeah and and we had we had our foster kids and one night i was reading a story i said oh i'll read this one it's a beautiful story and as i'm reading it to them I'm crying yep. and I've realized it's, it's so much deeper than I thought. And, and they're like, is this, this, why is this so sad for you? Like, and I couldn't explain it cause I was just so, I was crying so much. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I get why that book for so many adults is so profound because I hadn't read it as an adult until yes. that point. And oh my gosh, it's, it's just so beautiful.
1: Yes. Uh, it, I read that book as a kid and I thought it was lighthearted and lovely and, I read it back later as an adult and I was like, wow, this, Mm -hmm. this was so much deeper than I could have ever imagined, which is a mark of a great author, in my opinion, an author that can write a kid's book that adults reread to their kids and realize it still applies to them in a different way. That's Mm -hmm. a truly talented author.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. That book is just such a treasure. And I've seen people who have that tattooed on their bodies, the picture of the boy looking up at the tree with the apple coming down and, and that little stump that the man <laughs> sits like, I, you know what, I just I get it. I get yeah. why they put that mark on their body because it is that impactful um
1: and then i guess my third one this is actually the only book i have finished so far this year is a gift from one of my uh closest friends gave me this cute little book i had never heard of a little square book called friendship isn't a big thing it's a million little things the art of female friendship um by becca anderson and i like I opened it and like burst into tears because it was just so, it was so timely. It was like the exact thing that I needed to read and and I just, and I hadn't realized that that's what I needed. And that is the beauty of strong relationships is having those people around that give you what you need without you realizing that it's, it's what you've been asking for. I loved it. And I was like, man. And so I sent her, a very heartfelt thank you afterward. Um, the book wasn't the only like lovely gift I got. I, I just I cried like every time I opened it. I was <laughs> like, oh, this is exactly what I needed to like yep. spark my reading reading interests again. Like you knew it. This is what it. <laughs> this is what it was.
0: <laughs> it's true. You know, a, a personal book at the right time is just the greatest discovery. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, I'm always amazed sometimes I have a book on my shelf and I don't look at it for a long long time mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I think oh, okay what the heck can I open it and all of a sudden boom it is the exact right time that book has so much personal meaning mm-hmm. but if I picked it up earlier it wouldn't have, <laughs> wouldn't have mattered to me one bit so when somebody knows you well enough to give you something that's going to touch you like that that is amazing I think books as gifts are such a fantastic way to reach out to people love that yes
1: I agree I books books that somebody has personally given to me because or even just recommended to me because they they think I would like it so meaningful Um, Mm -hmm. I just think that's wonderful because it speaks so much to how they pay attention to you because they know that you love to read they know enough about your interests They know enough about your life that they saw a book and they're like, this is the thing that she would probably like right now. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know this. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And they're investing in you, right? Because they're not only saying that I'm going to just give you a gift, which is very nice anyway, but they're investing in the time that you're going to spend with that book. And when you're reading that book, you're going to shut everything else out. So they're really giving you that gift of investing in something that is personal to them, that connects them with you. So it's just this awesome exchange that Mm -hmm. they are giving you. You know, there's nothing small about that. When somebody says, Oh, I'm just gonna give them a book, I'm like, whoa, okay. Like just (laughs) surely you misspoke. (laughs) Surely.
1: I don't think you understand the gravity of this situation.
0: (laughs) Those are some big words you're using right now. (laughs) Alex, I've loved talking to you.
1: Yes, thank you. This has been such a lovely um, evening conversation. It's so nice to... Um, connect, not necessarily like face-to-face, but voice-to-voice.
0: <laughs> it is fun, isn't it? And I got to tell you, when you are ready to write down your story, and go into it in whatever level of depth and perspective you give it, because that is entirely yours, I will be happy to read it anytime.
1: Oh, oh thank you. I, yeah. oh, I'm so excited. I have only told a very, very few people about this um, idea that I have because it's just so out there it's almost something I don't want to voice I've I've told my husband a couple of my closest friends um a couple of my closest family members every time I get really excited about it I kind of try and tell somebody new in the hopes that maybe like three years down the road or something and if I haven't done anything they'll be like hey (laughs) were you gonna do that thing that you were excited about (laughs) um so I'm kind of hoping that if I share it quietly enough with the right people and give myself, um, enough time to, I guess, think, um, enough time to just think and, and give it the, give it the time and the energy that it deserves. I would feel like, wow, that's a thing that I've wanted to do since I was a kid. And look at that. I did it.
0: Yep. (laughs) I really do believe that within every reader who who loves reading and who appreciates words and and gets what it means to experience a good book I think within every reader there is a story that is just dying to come out and every one of us are literally living our personal stories every single day we are writing it as we go we don't have to make this crap up this is legit this is like this is real <laughs> that's right. why
1: non-fiction is so fascinating to me sometimes because I'm like you would never sell this as a fiction book <laughs> this is it's true this is just so incredible that you have to know this was Inspired by true events.
0: <laughs> yeah. And every story is special and valuable because every person who writes it is already remarkable in the way they tell it. But no matter what it is that you have to say, there are people out there who are waiting anxiously to read it because their lives will be changed as a result. So whether it is fiction, nonfiction, poetry, whatever it is that somebody wants to write, I really do believe that there are ears already just waiting to receive it. So whatever your story is, by all means, just take the time, let it marinate, do whatever. But in whatever medium you choose, that is a story worth sharing. And I totally believe that.
1: Oh, thank you. Well,
0: I I am very, I'm excited for you because you're right. You, it might feel like you're in the weeds now, but there is so much around you that hasn't been discovered and explored yet. And that is the fun and exciting part. It's also uncertain. And I get that we're in those weird uncertain times. Oh, extra uncertain. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. But I think that there's just, there's so much possibility ahead. And I, I love that. I love that this is just the beginning of a story that you're telling. So who knows what comes next? I don't know, but it's going to be great.
1: Oh, I hope so. It's nice oh. to talk to somebody who's as uh, much of a bubbly laugher as I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've noticed in some of the recording, I have to like, not laugh as much because normally I just do. And when I'm talking to somebody, I smile a lot. So it comes out as so a laugh, even oh. though sometimes laughing is not necessarily what's required in that moment. I have to figure that out. <laughs> I, I know.
1: I struggle with it so hard. We'll just <laughs>
0: giggle ourselves all the way till tomorrow. No worries. Probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As always, I will put the links to each book that Alex recommended in the show notes at the end of this podcast. I love talking to you guys. The stories that you share, the vulnerability that you offer, it is so precious to me. And I'm so thankful for this community of readers and listeners who just want to be a part of something that is a little bit funky, kind of awesome, and would not be the same without you. So thank you so, so much. And even though the world is a little bit chaotic right now, you guys, however you cope with this, it is okay. Give yourself a break for the days when you picked clothes up off the floor, put them on, tied up your hair in yet another messy bun and felt satisfied that yesterday's makeup would be fine for today. And then did you go downstairs and have a breakfast of Nutella and frozen berries? Yeah, you know, it's okay. Friend, you need to hear somebody say this to you. You are doing a great job. Take a deep breath. Pick up that book that you've always wanted to read but never found the time for. Pour yourself a Baileys or a tea or whatever and do the best you can today. That's all. Don't fret about yesterday or be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Be kind to you. Love your people. Eat a salad. Until next time, friends. Take care of yourselves. Bye.